Hello, welcome back to the Burning Eye podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Hart. I'm also the editor of Burning Eye Books, an independent publisher specialising in spoken word, performance, stand-up and slam. I can't believe that it's April already. I still remember April 2020 and getting those books out and everything else kind of feels um, like gathered curtains in between. Um, So yes, it's very strange to be into the spring of 2020. But with the spring brings our new collection of poetry books. If you haven't had a listen already, please go back and have a quick check out of the last episode we did with Ibizo Lamy on their debut pamphlet, Chosen Family. And our next book out on our roster for 2022 is Spectral by Faye Roberts, who is today's very special guest. Faye is a classically trained singer from Cardiff who's been getting on stages since the early 80s. Z was bitten by the performance poetry bug in 2006 in Milton Keynes after a favour to a friend. Since then, Faye has helped to run Poetry Kapow, the Cambridge chapter of Hammer and Tongue and Allographic, which they set up in 2011 and is a live events platform and small press. Z has been the artistic director for Spoken Word at the Free Fringe in Edinburgh and the host of critically acclaimed fringe show Other Voices Spoken Word Cabaret. In 2017, Zer's first solo show, The Selkie, was shortlisted as the best spoken word show for the Sabatar Awards. Z was Glastonbury Festival's Poetry and Word stage official blogger in 2019. Faye has performed in pubs, clubs, theatres, tents, malls, ships, museums, galleries, stone circles, squats, haunted houses, stately gardens and under duvets, in open mic, slams, features, support, English, Welsh, French, BSL, collaboration, competition and costume across the UK and worldwide, virtually. Their new collection, Spectral, is out now. You can get it from our website or, as we keep telling you, to go direct to the artists themselves and buy the book. Spectral moves through moods and atmospheres. It is a book intended to be read in a number of ways. The pieces come from a number of places across the years, and some of them from the National Poetry Writing Month prompts, some from commissions, some from workshops, others inspired by random book pages, musical sequences, or just turning up without warning. Uh, We all know what that's like. A couple come, inevitably, from this past age of isolation and confinement, and still others are inspired by wisdom and grace of chosen family. Dan Simpson says... Finally, a collection of poems from one of the legends of the spoken word scene. On the page, Faye's words retain both musicality and musicality of the live performance. With poems moving like gentle fire guiding you through your journey, through the complexity, beauty, sheer emotionality of life, dip your toe in and stay for a while in Faye's welcoming verse. As always, kick back and enjoy the episode. And don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Recording in progress. Okay. Recording in progress. Hello, Faye. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Bridge? It's good. I'm not going to do this voice forever. Hi, Faye. Hi, right? How's it going? All right, I reckon. Yeah. Sun, Sun is shining. It was hailing in diagonally earlier, but now it's, hooray, it's, it's April. So this is what we're we're going for. Yeah, I was just saying the weather's completely unpredictable. It snowed just today, then it rained, then it was really hot sunshine. I think it's just Mm. having a moment. 
Several um, moments. And we're two British poets starting a podcast by talking about the weather. So. Yeah, do you know what? I did this. I was like, I'm not going to talk about the weather because last time I used to talk about the weather. So now I'm going to be like, um, I'm going to tell you um, one tasty thing that I've eaten in the last Ooh, 24 hours. Nice. And then you're going to tell me one thing tasty that you've eaten in, in the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So I earlier had a coffee and with the coffee I had a fries chocolate mint you know the chocolate the fries cream chocolate mint things I feel they're like, like mm. they're like the they're basically the only thing in in, in your typical news agents that's accidentally ah, yes apart from mr kipling's jam tarts they're also accidentally vegan oh yeah they are yeah but mm. i was i was more of in a chocolatey mood so that's what i Fair had play. and yeah. i found it particularly it's a simple pleasure but i yeah i was like yeah screw I'm it just... i'm having one <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> what about you? About me in the last 24 hours? Um, oh, it's a toss up between the mini cheddars, gotta love a mini cheddar, and the um, fruit and seed oat cakes, which are rather delightful. Because, yeah, I wasn't that much into oat cakes when I was a kid, and my parents were like, yes, yeah, eat all the oat cakes. Oh, really? No. But now, like all the, like, the big oat cake manufacturers are just like, you know what? We could add things. We could add things and just make them different so that you have cheesy ones and you have like yeah and fruity or spicy ones and that kind of thing like oh so yeah very exciting i'm also a big fan of the organic oat with seeds which is just there's just so much going on it makes you feel very virtuous yeah. yeah i feel like oats they have that vibe like straight oh, it's got away. oats in it so it's obviously like amazing right. for your skin or whatever yeah or something oh, like whatever. if your digestive system this one has uh fruit and seeds in it um also probably a great deal of sugar so eh, it, yeah. it all balances out i reckon it's good yeah why not i mean sugar yeah. is an important part of the diet mm-hmm. it's well it's part of the diet i heard yeah so, there we go like salt is you know yeah all of that yeah yeah, good. That sounds great. Sounds like you've got some nourishing food there. Indeed. Nourishing sugary food. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what poets live off, right? To be fair, yeah. And because I can't have caffeine, it's going to have to be the sugar all the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fair play. You've got to, mm. got to get your kick somehow. Absolutely. So, Faye. Bridge. Faye Roberts. Faye Bridge. bloody Roberts. All right, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that is actually what I said when your name came up on the open submissions list last week. <laughs> okay. Clive and I were both like, hey, fucking Roberts. Uh, um... Because I think both of us had uh, obviously known and been aware of you for a long time because you've been around mm. for a long time. Not to say you're really old, like a dragon. Well, maybe you are old, like a dragon. Ooh, yeah. But I'll take that. The, you know, You've been very influential to a lot of poets um, for quite a long time. A lot of poets that I came up with in sort of my generation of, of mm-hmm. poets that were coming up into slam poetry at the time. Your name was definitely one of the big names out there. Um, <sighs> and so when Clive and I were going through the open submissions list and we saw your name there and you'd submitted to us, we were really, really happy um, because you as a poet are somebody that I think really... Um, encompasses what Burning Eye is about as a press mm-hmm. and what has been about for, for the last 10 years as well. Mm. Um, so for us, it's been an absolute privilege to, to publish oh, textual for you. Okay. 
I like to start off big compliments. No, it's good. And um, the blushing really suits my complexion. So it's, it does, uh, yeah. it's a great thing. Brings out the colour in your shirt. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Don't wear green if you think you're going to be complimented. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, uh, it, it is a bit of a brain breaker. People tell me I'm influential or they, they tell me that I've inspired them and stuff like that. And uh, I try to just go, oh, thank you. I've, I've got better at just saying thanks when people say nice stuff. It, it's still a bit because huh? I still think of myself as just like oh well I just do stuff uh, you know and I'm pretty sure that is what I do I just I just do stuff and then and I like making spaces for other people and the fact that other people have taken that space and made good things with it that's that's my privilege to witness that and to being able to, to to give that space for that um but then if they they, they like what I do on top of that that's pretty damned awesome so yeah yeah, that's uh, that's cool. So thank you, thank you for saying see practicing. Thank you for saying that, Bridge. You're <laughs> you're welcome. It's, it's oh. a working. Look at us. Yeah, yeah. Imposter syndrome. I have to say, my imposter syndrome has taken quite a beating with with Spectral, um, both from your like enthusiastic reception of the submission, um, and the kind of kind of gives people permission, isn't it? And it's been really, also really interesting seeing it from the other side, because I run Allographic as a small press and it's very small. And I have been, see, I, I've been known to say things like, well, burning eye out, pissing themselves. Yeah, I'm okay, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, for, for, for us quite often, we're, pe we're people's first pamphlet or something like that. Um, and then we have people who go, oh, well, um, actually I'm going to burning eye next. And I go, fantastic, we can go for it. I'm so I'm just super pleased. And that makes me look great. So, you know, we're all really happy, but, um, but that thing where people get overwhelmed when they see their book or when I say, yeah, please, I'd love to, um, I'd love to make it happen. So I was experiencing all of those things in reverse going, oh, I get it. I get why people just freak out. Okay, cool. Well, if this, and if this helps me be kinder to my poets, that's good too. So yeah, but um, it's, and then the reviews have been, they've been lovely. Yeah, so mate. Yeah. You you have in the front of the book a couple of pages worth yeah, of so. reviews from some some great names. We've got Rick Dove, who's the current uh, Hammer and Tongue Slam champion. That's the one. Uh, Rebecca Cooney from the Dead Darlings podcast. Mm -hmm. We've got Elizabeth McGowan, who's the uh, uh, UK Slam champion. Well, she's now yeah, like within minutes of publishing this. So yeah, the. We've missed being able to say that on the on the flyleaf, but yeah. So she's the Hammer and Tongue Cambridge Slam champion for this year, but she's also the UK Slam champion. We've yeah. got some quotes from former Slam, UK Slam champions as well. I just I cast my net quite widely, thinking, oh, maybe I'll get a few back. And um, just, yeah, I think I think that's probably a testament to you know again back to that thing of being influential and and being what, like helpful for other people and. And things like that, because I think you know when you're going through your career and you are doing things um, like uh, managing a knife, producing a knife, or mm -hmm. running a press, and things like that, you you do create those spaces for people, and those spaces um, become special or nostalgic for people as they mm. as they go on in their journey. And I think one of the things I like about all the quotes that you have is that so many of them are slam champions. I think yeah. that is. Um, as indie publishing grows and moves in different directions, mm. I feel like the 
the epitome of, of a slam poet is sort of not dying out, but it's definitely not as much weight as it once did, I suppose, as, as we move away from slams being the main way to get anywhere in yeah. poetry. Um, so I like that this is centering, you know, slam poets because it's still a culture and we're still going and, and it's still making mm. good names for people. I'm sure, yeah. Um, like we have in, um, in this book as well. And you've been running Hammer and Tongue in Cambridge mm -hmm. for uh, since 2010. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I've been with it. I've been helping. I was helping to support it from, I think it was April 2010. Okay. And then started being like hosting it as well from 2012. Yeah, uh, January 2012. Like my predecessor kind of went out on the high of hosting K Tempest in the December and we had a whole new venue and all the rest of it. And he was like, oh, I'm off to Bristol. And we were like, oh, crap. OK, yeah. uh, bye. Um, but, you know, just this is he wanted to go out on one last big one in K Tempest when we could still hope to book her. <laughs> um, uh, <yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> when we could still hope to book them was like, yeah, OK, that's a big one to go on. You go for it, Pally. And um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really think I'd still be doing it and yeah we are um, still doing that and um but then also running allographic as well and other sort of open mic or feature slots to kind of to, to balance that because I do love slam but I also I love to give spaces to people who, for whom it's just too terrifying including me I don't slam well I get drowned in adrenaline I'm just, and yeah can't really speak very well but it doesn't feel like it um but also what I love, you were saying about, you know, slam poets featured here. And what I really love is that you can't say any one of them is a particular style. Yeah. Yeah, just, I would say that too. Yeah, yeah. Just all of those names. And you think of the difference between, um, you know, Elizabeth McGowan, for example, and that kind of experimental kind of spiraling style of storytelling and crisscross stuff. You've got Catherine O'Driscoll's like really kind of deep, slow again storytelling um i don't want to say depressing because it's not it's it's elegiac stuff about pain and about depression and the rest of it Ooh. then rick then rebecca then kate and robin and adalia and ricky all of these people are either slam runners or slam winners or both and some grudgings you can't imagine a more diverse set of of names and styles and voices and yet they're all slam winners you know, they're all people who've been champions or they've just done exceptionally well in that kind of area. And I like that slam doesn't mean... People think that slam means one thing, one style, one voice, one set of stories, and it's not. It really isn't. And that's why I'm still passionate about it, I guess, is to go, you, ca you can't predict what will come out of, uh, come out of slams, uh, especially... Huh, especially the provinces, which some people still say, you know, if it's not London, it's the provinces, and you're like... Good luck with that because you cannot predict what will come out of the diversity of the scenes or the yeah. different ways that we do open mics and slams and the rest of it. Um, yeah, that makes me so happy when you go to like the national finals of things and go, it's just huge, huge variety of stuff. Makes me, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm supposed to be And we, um, you also kind of mentioned in the book as well that this isn't a, um, uh, what did you say? Um, greatest hits <laughs> and B sides. Yeah. But I also, reading it through, 
I think you can't really get away with that entirely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it, it is a body of your work that's been ri- written over many years. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, although presented in a way that is entirely not like a normal mm. um, Greatest Hits album, but one, one that I think really reflects you as um, a, a person who cares a lot about the community and the variety of people and the accessibility of the community mm. as well, which I think you've, yeah. you've done that really well here. Um, and something that also speaks to you as well and, and mm. the way in which you interpret your own work. When I put the submission in, when I had the, do you know what? I'll do this thing. I guess I'll call it spectral. Yeah, that'll work. You know, I'd I'd been ill. I'd I'd started doing the preparation. Like, well, I was like, no, no ADHD doing it the last minute for me. So (laughs) no. Then I got ill, and then I went, well, I better just rouse it through and. I was really lucky in that there were people who were willing to, at very short notice, kind of proofread the submission and the rest of it. And I still don't know exactly where the idea of presenting those different sections came from. I think it it just turned up slowly and, and unconsciously and then just went, boop, here you go, here's a fully formed idea. And I went, I, 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 I guess, yeah, all right, screw it, Let, let's try this. And it grew out of that. It turned into something else along the way of producing it as well. Um, So that it wasn't just, you've got these seven sections and they're all like reasonably themed, but the idea that I could have a through line as as the vibes blended with each other between the kind of the boundaries of each. So it wasn't just, here's anger. It was, how does anger go from passion through to in fact joy? how does joy go from ranting about things in a, in a funny way through to then like stuff that leans more towards nature and that kind of slightly more um, thoughtful kind of vibe. And yeah, and I don't, I still don't know if I quite got that. I certainly aimed for it. Um, But yeah, and just exploring my own ideas of what these different vibes meant and how I wanted to present that to people and how I wanted to help them enjoy whatever parts of it they wanted whether they just stick with one section even or whether they take the the prescribed like path through or whether they just go do you know what i'm gonna see what mood i get presented with today let's see what happened um and yeah i just i i enjoyed exploring my own definitions of stuff and the kind of the multi-sensory things around um synesthesia and the rest of it and the writing of the you know the completion of the book turned into more of a creative act than I was expecting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily have um, have predicted that. So that's been so. I, I want to thank you then for that for that opportunity to really work on something kind of big and exciting. Yeah, yeah. You've got a um, a key of symbols in here. Yeah. Um, your trigger warning or sort of trigger warnings or content warnings and things mm. that are in certain poems. What made you decide to go with like a fully comprehensive one rather than just a general content warning at the beginning? It's, there's lots of parts to it. Um, one, it's not, as, well, if you remember the first, the, the meeting we had about it, it's not as comprehensive as it was. There were like nearly 50 of the damn things. You were like, <laughs> I do <"Mate>, remember this. <laughs> maybe not. Let's get this, mm, get, and that's, so again, this decisiveness helped because it's easier to be 
more decisive about someone else's work sometimes than your own kind of thing but um that that helped but early on when i was introduced to the idea of trigger warnings and content warnings i was a bit kind of it's like spoilers or it's a bit pandering or something like that i was not very up for it, it I, I don't mind admitting that i was very mm, crass about it and i would if people asked for them i'd give them but i was just kind of the idea well i'm spoiling my poem because i'm one of these people who doesn't like elaborate introductions either for myself or other people like sometimes people give go so far into the introduction because they really want you to understand it on their terms that you come by the time it gets to the poem you're like oh okay well i've heard it already just backwards yeah. so part of me kind of thought of trigger warnings is it that way and part of them part of me was just not not very sympathetic about it but the more i started being at events that had those and the more i started really kind of thinking about how you can how what accessibility really means because there's i think people think about accessibility meaning maybe one thing which is you know for example there's a venue accessible i.e can a wheelchair go through the door and into the space and it's like well for a start even wheelchair accessible means a lot more than that mm. but also accessible means loads of things even in performance spaces can people afford to be there how late at night what's the public transport like what's the parking like um you know and what is the lighting like is is the is the mic put at a level that is going to be able to be accessible for everyone is it not just the audience but the stage that's accessible for everyone to access access lots of words access there but and so the more i was in different spaces and in different places and seeing how different people were um responding to well or badly the idea of what accessible means kind of broadened my notion and I think one of the big turning points for me was, um, oh, I've forgotten their name now and I looked it up and they are linked in the book, but I can't remember their names now, but an, a young group from, from the West country, Cal Wensley was one of them. Um, it's the only reason I can remember it and Sally Katobi. And unfortunately I can't remember because I'm so, this is like a part of my brain that doesn't do well is names. It's like titles of poems. I was looking at the spreadsheet of the titles of my poems and I'd be going, what one's that then, mate? <laughs> and then I have to click through and go, oh, the one about the rocks or whatever. But the title, titles and names, there's a, it occupies a part in my brain that is clearly atrophied or something like that. So it's the same with people's names. I can remember your poems. I can remember what you look like, what the sound of your voice is, you know, the things we talked about after the gig. But names? Mm. <laughs> so Zoom gigging has been great because people's names are right there. So I don't have to do that thing where I'm vamping going, and I'm about to introduce a person I've booked because I think they're great. What the fuck's their name? <laughs> ah, John, John, come to the stage. We love you. <laughs> Shit. So, yeah, it's much easier now with the Zoom stuff. But, yeah, so with no offence to the people whose names I've forgotten, I remembered all of your poems and your voices and the rest of it. But um, the host, again, name gone, but he said a few amazing things that made me go, damn, yes, that's huge. And one of the things he said was about applause. You think that there are some people in the audience who um, their particular neurodivergence made it difficult for them to hear and certainly to make applaud, applauding noise, applaud, yeah, applause or applauding noises with their hands like that. So we're going to use the BSL gesture, you know, the one that looks like kind of like vertical jazz hands, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah, that one. And um, I was like, well, I already know this from from learning BSL. And I'm like, sure, fine, if it works. 
Um, we'll, we'll do that, although presumably people who would have a visual acuity issue wouldn't know necessarily that people were applauding them. But okay, cool. That's just made it just nicer for somebody in the audience for whom it would be difficult for them to experience the whole thing comfortably. All right, cool. We can all do that. And then there was another thing he said, which was, and I thought this was really important. He said, yeah, if anything's triggering, if anything's too much, we'll try to give trigger warnings, but you can't trigger for warning for everything. You can feel free to wander out because this is in a bookshop is one half of the bookshop you can wander off into the bookshop wander outside do whatever you like and then come back and that was the key thing you are free to come back and i started integrating that and this is up in edinburgh um, i think it was their their final night there it was just like a lovely open mic plus like their features and i started integrating that into my own events and so many people said to me hearing that made such a huge difference and in fact even though this subject of this poem was triggering, I stayed because I knew I could leave. It, I felt like I could deal with it because I'd been given permission to not deal with it. And I had just enough people saying that made me go, brilliant. Well, we're just, I'm just going to encompass that in everything that I do. And it occurred to me that trigger warnings are not about spoiling the poem. They're not about pandering to people or some shit like that. What they're about is informed consent, which is something that I'm really, really keen on in all sorts of other areas of life. And I figured a, a non-intrusive way to try and help as many people access the poems in the book as possible was to try it with symbols. Because if you write the words in a big, long introduction at the beginning of the book, which say this poem has these things, this poem has these things, that's that's brilliant. And that's really important for people to to use that as a means to guide folk. But that's also a lot of going backwards and forwards. Um, if you put them at the beginning of each poem, people are going to feel maybe intruded upon if they don't have those triggers and they don't want to have a delay in getting into the poem. But I felt like the symbols were a good compromise between two positions. It meant that people wouldn't necessarily see the words that were upsetting to them um, if they'd already decided they were going to access that poem. And that those words could be more upsetting than just the picture and it was a lot of them are sufficiently how do i put it sufficiently cryptic that it doesn't immediately make you go oh fuck there's that thing now i'm in that place just from from having that thought in my head um but like i say it also meant that people who didn't need them could just ignore them oh it's just a little cartoon thing whatever i could just keep going now i don't know if if it's a perfect system i suspect it isn't There'll be things that um, we're not we're not warning for that people would have needed or that we are warning for that nobody needs. I don't know. I remember you and I went back and forth about because a couple of the poems reference uh, quitting smoking or smoking. And we were like, should we do that? Should we not? I have no idea. <laughs> and it was really kind of like, yeah, from an ex-smoker and a non and a never has smoked smoked person going, I don't know. In the end, we didn't do it, did we? And there are a few things, there's lots of things we, we, we cut out because they were just almost humorous. And I think you can be really pedantic about that kind of thing. Well, because as someone that um, has, so I have complex PTSD and I, from experience, like there's just some things you can't trigger warning for no, because no. they're extremely specific triggers. Yeah. And you just don't know when and how it's going to happen. And I've learned right? that from, you know, a lot of my life. And um, but I think also having something that is as comprehensive to guide you, hmm. even just to be thought of in that way, yeah, is is accessible in itself. I think um, 
for content warning wise because i feel like you're inviting us into to, into a space that you've carefully thought about um and you thought about the needs of others which is very fair of you <laughs> <laughs> so i've been told yeah that's very fair of you um but i feel like uh that with the addition of the QR codes mm. and the illustrations as well, I think really creates a book that is very performative in, you know, the fact that it is a book of mm. poems that you perform. Um, it's got a bit of fae in there as well, you know, your personal touches mm. um, and something for everybody. Like you say, like people can choose to ignore the tri trigger warnings if they want to or they can look through i personally really enjoy like looking at a poem and going oh what symbol is that and then just going back and having <laughs> okay. okay that's that one yeah cool <laughs> like you know it's but it's an interactive book mm. um and i feel like you know there's a lot of people that are like well how can you put spoken word on the page how can you put performance on the page and i think this book gets quite close to to that interactive thing that you would have maybe um, mm. elsewhere because it, it kind of makes a little bit of work for you but not, not in a bad way just in a you know <laughs> got... thinking about what you're reading a bit more because mm. part of the, the other reason was I also like to really compartmentalize my emotions so I really appreciate having them <laughs> in the sections like that because you know sometimes I'll be reading a book and I'll be like yeah da, 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 uh. you know, broadsided yeah yeah, mm. yeah because that that order is uh, specific to the way that that poet wants to, to write them mm -hmm. in or whatever which is totally fine but then as a reader you're like oh well my brain doesn't work like that and i can't you know mm. read a poetry book like that so much so this one has been quite accessible to read in that in oh, wow, that good. sense because i'm like well i'm going to read joy first and then i'm going to go back and read this section and mm. you know like you say you're giving me autonomy to the reader immediately yeah. to make their own decisions about how they want to read this book mm. um, and that's what makes it so interactive it was always the idea from the get-go the very first sort of blurb that i sent you as part of the submission was you you choose your own although we can't use there's a specific phrase i've been told we can't use because it's very heavily copyrighted so uh, yes. I had to, yeah mm -hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> saying, no, no no so we between <laughs> us harriet and i harriet evans by the way shout out to amazing editor wow um so between us we kind of were picking and choosing different um phrases that could mean the same notion without infringing copyright so because it turned out that phrase turned up about three times throughout the book including inside one of the poems that we had to go no okay yeah. get rid of that one but yeah so very impressed to a dedication to checking out what things were copyrighted and what weren't um trademark things how to how to capitalize stuff like, there's a reference to gaydar girls in there and like yeah that's okay because that's that, unfortunately a defunct um website now oh gay dating site for yeah for femme, femme presenting people it's like oh okay um but yeah so but she went and looked up all of these defunct websites to make sure we had the right capitalization for the, for that really <laughs> obscure website Harriet Evans is um, mm. our copy editor and has been our copy editor for many, many years mm -hmm. um, and is just amazing at just really like being like, well, I thought maybe you should do this. And then the next line, she's like, this killed me. It was amazing. Right. She just she I was I was just like, OK, brace yourself for a bit. So it's going to be full of what's wrong with it. And like the first comment is this is, this is such a good poem to start with. I really love it. I was like, 
she likes it. I've never met her, but this new person really likes the first poem. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And so she just scatter it throughout going, this line, mate, or I see what you did here, and that kind of thing. And it just, ah, I, that was, it just made the whole process so much, so much more pleasant. Again, so much more human, you know? It wasn't someone going, that's not how you use a semicolon. It was, um, it was someone gently saying, okay, this, we need to do this to fit our house style. And you probably might have meant this or that kind of thing. And it was, yeah. Or sometimes we'd both go back and forward over how to spell the word draft in, oh man, <laughs> neither of us, we, we'd both talked ourselves into, it could be either. And in the end, we just went, let's do that one. It'll just be right. Cause we said it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fantastic process, just that part, which was the thing I was dreading the most, oddly enough. So, yeah. Oh, really? Really, yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's straight in criticism and oh, it's my baby, you know. I mean, but... yeah, I suppose that is true um, for, for kind of a lot of editors, isn't it? Is that, right. Like sense yeah. of, oh, God, well, I'm handing it in now. <laughs> um, it's the unknown, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it is the unknown. But then I think you have that period of you go through the editing and then you immediately go into typesetting and then you don't even have time to think about it. And then you're like, I've got a book. Cause, Ta-da! Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, which I, which I, I think is great. I mean, did you struggle with the, with the sort of the poems that you wanted to keep in and the ones you wanted to take out? Because I'm imagining for you, there were quite a lot of poems. Quite a lot. <laughs> that, um that was in itself quite an exciting discovery going back through not only all my old blogs that i've posted poems on and um through various things like you know going through both dropbox and google docs because it turns out i have not been you know systematic about where i've stored things over the years and then going oh man i know i had that one about the bus but i never typed that up and there was this chaos of notebooks at one point. I think I took a photo of it, um, where basically the entirety of this room was carpeted in a, in a variety of different sizes and colours and um, batteredness of notebooks that I'd gone through and then was dividing into uh, these these ones need typing up. These ones I might type up at some point, but they're not going in the book. And what the fuck was I thinking? This pile it was just like, oh, well, that's nice. I finished it. <laughs> Um, and it was amazing to find out quite how many there were, even just the ones that have been typed up over the years, um, or like at the last minute for putting this together, came to well over 150. So I have this very intricate spreadsheet that lists all of them and gives the vibes and decides which section, well, it doesn't decide, I decided which section it went in the rest of it. Um, and then was able to use that to f- to make the QR codes from, but I'm not going to nerd out you over that because that could go on for a long time. Um, but yeah, and then whittling that down to the, I think it's 64, which is still a ton of poems. Um, yeah, some, I mean, some of them, it's, it's the same as when you're putting together anthologies, isn't it? There's like the people who send you stuff and you go, yes, not even a question, brilliant, fantastic. And then the people who send you stuff and you go, no, not even a question, not going to take it. But the vast majority are the ones in the middle of the bell curve that are like, oh, yeah. 
Oh, we call it the ABC approach. So A is like absolutely. B is like mm, they, they need work, the potential, and then the C is like no. But yeah. there's an awful lot in the B category Shit, of all of the oh, time. Yeah. yeah, and you you find yourself going at the difference between maybe, possibly, and sort of, and you're like, how am I? How am I breaking down kinda into like lots of different words? But um, yeah. Oh, but if you ever need someone who can help you. The last minute with a really quick anthology turner. The Catherine O'Driscoll is one of the most decisive people I've ever worked with. She's amazing. We did an anthology for, it was supposed to come out at the same time as we left the EU, only we got the anthology out on time, but then they changed their mind about when that date was, which is hilarious. So we have this, we have this anthology to kind of celebrate, um, you know, different nationalities within the UK and what that means, especially within Cambridge and Cambridgeshire. And I was breaking my brain over this. I thought I'd get a few and I'd have to solicit more or write more. And I just got bombarded with poems. And Catherine was amazing at going, no, 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 it's, it's actually no good. I know you might like them, but it's no good. And I'm like, yeah, wow. It's, a trick. it's always a trick yes. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, I mean, but you did it. You put the book together and there's 64 mm. poems, which is not, I mean, it's a great amount of poems. It's chunky fucking yeah. Look at it. Um, earlier before we press record, we were talking about how it's a gloss cover, oh, yeah. which yeah. is really handy if you're a clumsy person and you spill yeah. because it's white wipeable, which is great. Um, unlike my first poetry book, which was white and matte and it's just absorbed everything, just covered in chili sauce, uh, which actually says its own story about me, I suppose. Right. But I'm yeah, I'm just feeling it now. This this excellent Slip. tomb. Mm -hmm. Hello. Thick tomb. It is <laughs> nice. Just described your book as a thick tomb. Thick. Nice. Um, uh, but I, I love it, and I'm really, really glad that we we got to publish it in our tenth year of publishing. Yeah. What what Amazing. an honour that was. Just looking at the names, I remember when you released all of the names. I'm like, holy shit. Okay then. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, it's a good list. We always tend to get yeah. a good list in the open submissions, and I think I'm like, oh yeah, people are submitting. That's really nice. And some people that submit, I'm like, oh my god, they've submitted. I'm definitely going to work with them. Ah. Uh, and you were one of those people. You were in that A group, which not to categorise people, but, you know. Okay. Uh, but I mean, I can't pick a poem to to that I would like you to read. But I was wondering if you had any ideas. Oh, okay. Poem. That you would like to to read to to finish us off today. Oh, so look at that. Um, well, there's one that I wrote which kind of always makes me think of you. I just need to find Aww. it. Yeah. Wait, what is it? Is it a quitting smoking one? <laughs> it's not a quitting smoking one, but um, there you are. Um, in fact, it was one of those ones that didn't have a title, and then I suddenly realised before sending it in to this because it's pretty much one of the newest ones in the book um page 33 yeah, um, i'm finding it i'm <laughs> flicking through right now um so i just thought well you know what the untitled actually works for this um and it's uh yeah is that the kind of length is that all right yeah go for it. it yeah Wicked. sounds good all right um this is this is a poem that's been turning up in fragments uh, allographic because one of the nice things we like to say to in allographic is you can bring bits of a poem you're not finished or a story or something like that and to get feedback or just to say, I don't know what this is yet. And people go, yeah, keep going. Um, so yeah, this has been turning up in, 
in there in bits and then yeah got finished late 2021 and yeah called the untitled um with uh, content notes content warnings for transphobia and um enbiphobia non-binary phobia um it is subtly so but it's still there okay the untitled we are everywhere Historically hidden by a glitch in lexicon, you haven't seen us until now because the optics weren't optimal. Our stars too distant, our light too intricate for less flexible visions. And some talk of this as a modern trend, an adolescent plea for attention, the desperate antics of the ultimately unspecial, and yet. Every age and empire has us as marvels or marginalia, natural and magnificent and commonplace miracles, named and saned by ancients and those who shrugged at more recently starchy sensibilities. Now, this might not be what you think it is. Under the straight-edged umbrella of the capital letter curves a plethora of everything you could have missed, but all we've ever needed all this time. See, Yes, attention is nice, but who doesn't want to be validated in their existence? Even those who pitch their voices in the middle of the chords to summon up the richness you'd definitely miss if we were silenced. And if you'll forgive me mixing metaphors, something has to beam the light from all the colours blended. The peace of none at all. Speaking personally, pragmatically, it takes two letters unhitched to shift me into a slot some people still can't see the need for. Would rather I flailed, one leg bent back too far, one arm tucked awkwardly above my head as they try to ram me into the box of she. Some days all I need is to twist my hips and I fit it, happy enough in my inheritance and yet now I know there's freedom in these wide expanses of vocabulary. I'm growing too fast for this, grasping after my vastness, cast into a sky that beckons ever larger. Yes. Cheers. Oh, that's what we love. Applause. Applause. Feed me. <laughs> I love that one. I was reading that earlier while I was eating super noodles. And I was like, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad that no one else could see that because that was really weird what I just did. It was a look. It was good. Uh, it was, yeah. Uh, professional. Professional. Uh, that's what we are today. Yeah, we're, we're both. Both. Um, <laughs> um, but um, that is um, all we've got time for for the episode mm -hmm. today. Um, if you are curious about Spectral or you just have forgotten where to get it, you can get it from the Burning Eye Books website, burningeye.co.uk. Um, but we really prefer you to go direct and get books from our artists. So, Bay, mm -hmm. where can people get special from? Um, the easiest way is to go to our li uh, the link tree. Uh, so it's yeah, uh, the web address is uh, l i n k t r dot e e forward slash, and you can either go for to forward slash Faye Roberts. Don't put an e in the middle. There's only one e in Faye Roberts, um, or you can go s for Sierra. Uh, P, I know, oh, for goodness sake, S for Sierra, P for Papa, B for Bravo, and then details, S, P, B, details, so spectral poetry book details of the link tree there. Um, or just find me on various social media and you'll see me banging on about it, so you should be able to find it from those two. 
Awesome. I will put links into the description Jeez, uh, yes. for this episode. Um, so you can go and buy a copy of Spectral. Um, mm-hmm. Faye, what a pleasure. Bridge, what an absolute joy. I love it when people call me Bridge. It's just a thing I have. They're like, Bridge. um so yeah i really like the sound of my name in your mouth so thank you nice um and hello uh yeah it's been a real pleasure and i'm so glad that spectral is out in the world and people take it home and experience it for themselves um if you love spectral please get in touch tweet at us instagram the tiktok no actually we're not on tiktok don't do that yet um but yeah Find us and let us know how much you you love it. And as always, please let the poet know that you love Mm. their book too, because that's always really important. Um, And we'll see you next time on the Burning Eye Podcast. (gasps) Bye. Bye.